0: As we've been going through Colossians, uh, we started this sermon series way back at the beginning of July, if you can remember that far back. And as we we started this uh, series, I started off with a sermon which was asking you kind of the question of if Paul were to write a letter, write an epistle to us today, what would he tell us? What would be the things that he affirmed in our community and what would be the things that he would tell us to kind of go back to the root and find our foundation on? And hopefully in that question, as we've been going through this, this uh, book of the Bible, you've been able to reflect on that question and that reflection has also caused you into action. Uh, we as a community, there's certainly things that we can do that are good, but there's always more. The harvest is always ready and right. And we live in a city and we live in a time in which the gospel is completely new to many people. And so we have been placed here at this time, at this hour, to be the light into the world, representing Christ and bearing his name and his word to others. So as I started with that question... I'd like to end this sermon series in the same way that Paul ends his letter. You'll notice that every time you read through an epistle at the end, he goes through some sort of greeting and then a farewell. But sometimes they've been really short, but the interesting thing about Paul is that as he gets closer to the time that he knows will most likely be his death, they get longer. And they get more passionate. And so here in Colossians, which most likely was sent with uh, Ephesians and with uh, Philemon, he gives a very long greeting. And he lists off several people that, that are sending their greeting to the church. He even sends a greeting to somebody who says, make sure you fulfill your ministry and your duties. Can you imagine being that guy as this is read out loud in church? might be a little embarrassing and then he also gives certain instructions where uh, as Kate highlighted he gives the instruction of being salt in our speech that we speak in in a very clear and discernible way but in a way that that is reasonable to others about Jesus and that we represent him in our speech but he also gives the instruction of prayer He asked that you pray for him. That's what he asked the church. It took me a few hours as I was sitting here earlier this week thinking about really the full implication of that. To have someone who is considered an apostle, even that guy need, needed prayer. The likes of Paul needed your prayers. So the likes of your pastors need your prayer the likes of our leaders even those that are of great stature in our church need your prayer so he issues, he issues the, uh, the commandment to pray to his people and he ends his he ends his letter with two phrases remember my chains grace Be with you. Now, that very simple, simple words, just two very short sentences, remember my chains and grace be with you, have a lot that are loaded into those two sentences. And they are even more impactful when you realize that maybe Paul might be close to the end of his rope. There's a kind of a silly, funny movie that my wife and I like to watch every now and then. It's called The Royal Tenenbaums. And and maybe you're familiar with it, maybe you're not, but it's it's about a dysfunctional family, and that's no relation to our families whatsoever. (laughs) But it's about dysfunctional family, and the dad is kind of a strange bird who's not very close to his family and about them coming back together. And at the end, the, the dad dies... And he leaves on his tomb where he died of cancer in a hospital. He has written on his gravestone, uh, Royal Tinnenbaum, who died tragically saving his family from a burning, sinking battleship. Maybe you've already been at the place in your life where you've had to write down what words you want read or spoken to your family. A few years ago, I came up with a a worksheet for people to write down kind of some thoughts about their funeral and and the memorial service to help us as pastors whenever the time came around. And and unfortunately, mostly what I got back were instructions of making sure the pastor wore his alb and, and wore his collar and that organ only. Kind of a missed opportunity about those final words that could be spoken. Paul did not waste. He actually got to the core of it with these two simple words. Remember my chains and grace be with you. Because remember my chains goes back to where he's at right now at that time as he's writing. He's in prison. And he's in prison for the sake of the gospel. And if you remember, as we've gone through Colossians at several points in time, he keeps reminding them of the reason that he's in prison. And he even says, it's for your sake that I am here. Because it is certainly for the sake of the world that the gospel is made known. And so when he says, remember my chains, it's actually a plea for them to pray for him and where he's at that while he is away in prison, most likely facing death, pray for him. Many of us can relate to a plea like this. When we have been in our own prisons, when we have been tossed to the side, Maybe it's been when we have actually put ourselves out there and sacrificed for the gospel or for somebody else or maybe it's because of something that we've done in our own life where that we are going through such tragedy. But we understand what this plea for prayer is. We can even understand maybe what it feels like to have chains around our wrists. Remember my chains. He asks them. He pleads with them to do this. Because as he is in prison, he is still praying for them. He's still caring. He's still loving. He's still preaching the gospel. In fact, if we are to look at the overall life of Paul and the way that he talks to people while he's in prison, he continues to provide great encouragement to others while he's in the midst of tragedy and while he himself is even suffering. Because it's while he's even in prison that he writes, he writes such words as this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Have you ever considered where those words were written? And in what state he was in? Earlier this week, my, as we were cooking, and sometimes we have the radio on in the background, I was listening to radio reports about the tragedy that's happening in Louisiana. And they were interviewing a photographer who was going through and taking pictures of uh, things that people had grabbed out of their homes before the floodwaters came. And so the interviewer said, you know, something that comes out of your pictures quite a, quite a bit is, is faith. Faith that people held uh, in, in the spite of this tragedy. And the photographer said, that's right. And he goes on to tell a story about a man who had had lost everything. In fact, water was still uh, knee deep in his house. And he walked into his house and there in the the house on his wall was uh, a painting that just had the word faith painted on it. And he said, here this guy is uh, trudging through the water in his house. And this painting was skewed a little bit. And he walks over to it, and he straightened it. And he went back about his business. Well, we know it's not because that man was type A, but because we know the importance of faith in the middle of tragedy. That faith speaks to us those three words that we talked about at the beginning of this sermon series. Hope, love, and faith. That while we are people who have chains around us, either chains of the sin that continues to plague us, chains of literal imprisonment, chains around our wrists of tragedy that just never seems to go away. In our homes, in our lives, and in our hearts, we still have the faith. We still have it speaking to us the words and the promises of Christ. Words and promises that breed life where there once was death. Paul continues on as he's in prison and sends his letter, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Including facing the chains that we may have around our wrists. Remember my chains. But he doesn't just leave it there either. He also says grace. Grace. Grace be to you. Because we have a God. We have a God who remembers our chains. Who doesn't need a letter to be reminded of the chains that we can have around our wrists. We have a God who has a history, a tendency, and a promise to actually break these chains for us. We have a God who has sought out his people time and time again who are found in slavery and frees them. He has found us in the slavery of sin and he has broken these chains by the blood of Christ so that we can be free. He had found Paul there in prison alone and through the hope and the faith that he had in Christ he found to be that his chains could be free. He even found his people. They're crying out of Egypt. Having chains around their own hands, literally chains. And he frees them. One of the more famous and prominent theologians of our time, uh, commentarians, Alec uh, Motir, who died actually this week, wrote about this. He said. If uh, Israelites were to tell you how their Lord works and how He freed them, they would say, We were in a foreign land, in bondage under the sentence of death. But our mediator, the one who stands between us and God, came to us with a promise of deliverance. We trusted in the promise of God, took shelter under the blood of the Lamb, and He led us out. Now we are on our way to the promised land. We are not there yet, of course, but we have the law to guide us. And through the blood sacrifice, we also have his presence in our midst. So he will stay with us until we go to our true land, to our true promises, and to our true country, our everlasting home. And isn't it funny? A Christian today can say the exact same words. Because our God has remembered our chains. He has remembered who we are and the slavery that he found us in, and he has set us free. By the blood of his Son. Remember the chains. Pray for them. But remember, grace through Christ has come to you. Amen? Amen.